and welcome to the Iraq Football Podcast, ladies and gents. Well, it's been another welcome campaign and it's ended in disaster. Although Iraq aren't officially out just yet, it looks like we're not making it to Qatar 2022. To be fair, it was a distant dream, but the last two results and to be fair, the last uh, entire group stages has been a catastrophic shambles. Now, I'm here to discuss everything that's happened recently with our wonderful friend, Hassan Osama. Hassan, welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, great to be back, uh, as always. You know, uh, it's been a rough uh, qualifying campaign in general. Uh, and, you know, it always feels like, you know, you take one step back, two steps, one step forward, two steps back. And, uh, you know, progress is hard to come by here. Uh, and, and it's hard to find positivity, but... Uh, it's great to always get into it and discuss what we've seen. Well, we're going to discuss things uh, in much more detail, but I'm glad Hassan's here. I'm myself, of course, Hassan and Bilal, host of the Arab Football Podcast. And where to start really is the question that we need to ask ourselves. Let's, let's jump into this squad going into the Iran game. We were supposed to have a plethora of different expats that were supposed to be included in the squad. One by one, they started falling like flies. Um, the likes of Somar, uh, Abdul Majid, he couldn't make it. Kado was another name that was touted. Yasser Qasim was supposed to be there. Uh, Jilwan didn't quite make it. Rebin didn't make it for other reasons. Um, the ones that did make it, Zidane called up for his first ever international uh, uh, duty for the Iraq national team. Huge. Ali Al Hamadi back in contention. Um, Franz Botros somehow made it for the skin of his teeth into the squad and Amir Al-Amari, and Moenna Jazz. Now, look, let's be honest, there was a lot of issues going into this uh, section of games uh, and this, this international week. Things like COVID decimated the squad, uh, travel restrictions due to um, weather concerns in Istanbul meant uh, the, the, the expat players couldn't arrive in time. Uh, Manaf, Yasser Qasim getting uh, COVID, although there's been some some um, discussions of foul play regarding that. We don't really know the truth, but here we are. And um, we end up losing 1-0 to Iran um, at the Azadi Stadium away in Tehran. <sighs> Difficult result to stomach, I think, um, in the grand scheme of things, especially, especially the way we conceded and um, just finished with a 1-1 draw against... Um, against Lebanon uh, again in Beirut. So it's it's not been good. The results definitely haven't gone our way, but we keep we keep saying the same thing over and over again. And I feel like a broken broken record. And I, I I mean I just feel bored of saying the same thing over and over again. I'm waiting to be able to come on this podcast and have something to rave about and be happy about and um, just have something positive to give the fans. But it's not happening. It's not happening. Um, Hassan, what, what do you think of the squad selection that, uh, that was chosen by Petrovic? My thoughts on the squad selection generally mixed because, you know, I like that the, you know, that we're continuing with the expats, uh, you know, having them as a much bigger contingent part of the squad than, uh, than ever before. Uh, you know, Mohamed Mohenda Jazz was desperately needed with, uh, you know, the drop of form of Ali Adnan, Amir Ammari, a great player. You know, it's it's good to have them in it as well. You know, to see Zidane Akbar finally make his debut with the national team and first get and getting called up and uh, and Hamadi joining with the team. But my biggest problem, and I'm not sure where the solution is, is that we aren't really at a point where we can just field a full squad of uh, of expats. It's not really like theoretically we have the players, but it's not really feasible at the moment. And so you're gonna depend on the locals. I'll pause you there. Sorry. Yeah. I don't yeah. want people listening to our podcast and looking at our channel and saying, oh, these are only pro, pro experts. Um, there's a lot of players that have come from the Olympic team that we've not really discussed much, but um, some new players that have come in as well from, for example, uh, Menaf, he's looked good. Um, Aboud, he's looked good generally when I've seen him. Saad Abdul Amir coming back, people were raving about him because he's been in good form in the league and yeah. an experienced player who's done amazing things with the national team, given, well, although it was seven years ago but 
I want you to discuss everything with me. Don't just tell me about the expat players. Tell me all the players yeah. and, and your thoughts on the squad, please. Yeah, uh, I'm getting into that. Yeah, so, I mean, overall, overall, generally, like, it's just that I don't see that the squad has, you know, uh, like, it's there's holes in it. That's that's the main issue. And it's uh, I'm yeah. not sure how you have striker. You don't have, we don't have a striker like, you know, ready-made at the moment. You know, Ala Abbas had his goal against Uganda, but, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not so convinced right now, especially with Mimi out. Uh, wings feel kind of flimsy at the moment. Yani we have uh, Hassan Abdelkarim. He looks good, good talent, and he's coming up, but not quite there at the moment, in my opinion. He's going to need some time. We have, uh, you know, some other positions, like right back, not fully settled. Uh, you know, France is okay, but, you know, we need him to grow into this kind of position. Shirko as well. And not, you know, he looks like a player who's been put in that position more than, you know, as a proper fullback. Yeah. You know, there are some positions where it's not, you know, 100% settled as well. Bashar Lassan, we've talked a lot about him, but, you know, and, and he, I like him as a player, but, you know, the performances haven't been there. We need the goals from him. We need the, you know, the final touches. So there's like some positions where it's not 100% settled. And so, yeah, I need, on one hand, uh, you know, like it's difficult to 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 put a, like you know a proper squad. And you know, I have a lot of criticism for Petrovic, but I'm not sure how much better the squad can be at the moment. So you know, going into the squad, like I, going into these games, like I kind of thought, like you know, I'm not expecting much, especially based on the last games. Uh, you know, how previous qualifiers, the, the, all the other matches went. And I'm like, you know, when I see the squad, like I like to see uh, Saad Abdelhamir back, but, you know, it's been a number of years since he was performing really, really well with the national team. There's a lot of players, Ahmed Ibrahim, he's getting on in the years, uh, you know, but it feels like this is about the best as we can do at the moment, especially with like some injuries, uh, you know, uh, Mimi as well. Like he, he covered a lot of deficiencies in the squad, I think, uh, uh, when he was fully fit. So... It was about the best we can do uh, in the in the current circumstances. Now, if we want to talk about how uh, Petrovic went about using the squad in the games, then that's another discussion, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, but oh, that's will. you know something else entirely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree with everything you've said. I think Petrovic tried to bring in a lot more expats. Certain factors meant that didn't happen. Um, although I still find it incredible that Jinwan hasn't been invited to, to this particular camp. But, you know, it is what it is. I can excuse that. I think generally he did pick the best players available at his disposal. And I respect him and advocate a lot for what they've done in removing the, the deadwood without mentioning names, because people get upset. Um, alhamdulillah, that, that was some progress. The question for me is that, that what we saw, that's the best that Iraq can produce? What's going on with the Iraqi league then? Wallah al-Azim. How is that the best we can produce? Now, there are names I can mention of players that I'm just not impressed by. Players that were starting today against Lebanon, players that were starting against, against um, Syria and Emirat and, um, and Iran. And I'm not just talking about the people that the scapegoats, Ayman Hussain, etc. No, there are other players that finding themselves every single time selected despite not really doing much, not really offering much. And it's hard to blame that on Petrovic. Because who else does he bring in? Where's the talent that Iraq is producing? Where are these amazing footballers that we like to pretend we produce? If we look at Iraq's record um, across the final stages of all the World Cup qualifications across the years, I think our number of wins is only something like five games, if I'm not mistaken, right? Maybe it's seven. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's a very select number of matches that we've won. And... <laughs> we like to pretend we're the serious force in international football, but it's not true. It's not true. We, we don't compete with Japan. We don't compete with Australia. We don't compete with Iran. We don't compete with Saudi Arabia. We certainly don't compete with the likes of South Korea. 
we're barely competing with Lebanon and Syria these days. And we need to ask questions as to why this is happening and what the hell is going on with the Iraqi League that we are producing such limited talents, to put it respectively. Um, respectfully, sorry. It's, I mean, if I'm Adnan Darjal right now, or Yunus Mahmoud, or Petrovic, or Sokot, and I'm watching that performance, I, sh I would be terrified. I would be thinking, mate, what the hell are we going to do? Lebanon, Syria, these guys, tiny countries when it comes to football. And they're playing us off the park. They're playing us off the park. They are looking like better football teams than we do. There are, out of all the games we've played, how many games, how many minutes, forget games, because the answer is zero for games, but how many minutes have we dominated in those games? 20 minutes against Emirat. Let's start from the beginning. Against South Korea, we got battered. It finished on a draw, but we didn't have any, any actual possession or anything like that. Iran, battered. Then we went to um, Emirat, if I'm not mistaken, right? It might not be in that order, but we played the Marat where we nearly lost 3-2, but it was 2-2. 20 minutes where Amir came on, looked very good. Okay? Then we played Lebanon. Didn't really do much in that first game. Surya, we looked good for maybe the second half. Some phases, yeah. Yeah. Um, then Iran again. Yani, no, not amazing. We didn't look all that. Um, then Lebanon now, they look better than us, man. They passed For large the parts of the game. True. They passed the ball better. They created chances significantly better than we did. Every time they attacked, they looked the more likely to score than, uh, than the Iraqi attacked it. And it really makes you wonder just how behind we're going to be in 10 years if things don't change massively. Now, alhamdulillah, we have a, a huge, huge number of expats coming through the ranks across the world, and hopefully we can actually utilize this uh, and these talents to build a generation of footballers that can actually compete on the world stage. But the way things are currently going, wallah, Iraq are only going to go in one direction, and that is right to the bottom of those FIFA rankings because... The likes of Thailand, the likes of uh, Vietnam, the likes of Syria, all of these guys are overtaking us because our, our players are produced in the wrong foundations. They don't understand the, understand the basics of football. Tactically, they're not, uh, they're not very good. Technically, they're acceptable, some, some very good, but on, on the, the stage of the World Cup, you need more than okay. I mean, we have had some bad luck. I'll be, I'll be like fair. We have had some bad luck. But how many Iraqi fans watching this right now? And I want you to leave this in the comment section. You guys watching. How many of you watched that game today? Watched the game against Iran and the games that Iraq have played in general? How many of you guys would have been proud to see that Araf team in the World Cup on a global stage, playing actual football teams like Brazil and Argentina and Spain, etc. Would you have been like, <laughs> I hope one day I could see Araf in the World Cup and I could look at that team and I could be proud and I could look at fellow French fans and Italian fans and Spanish fans and be like, yeah, that's my team. Look how proud I am of them. Watch how we're going to play against you. We, we're, we're going to give you a run for your money. How many of you lot could say the same about this team right now? How many of you lot would be proud to see this team in the World Cup? If this team qualified, forget my personal relationship with a lot of the players in the squad. Of course, I want the best for them. And I want the best for Araka and all the players. But honestly and truthfully, the way we play, the last embarrassing. We get demolished. We are losing 3-0 with Qatar. We're losing 3-0 with Iran. 
Yeah, we're losing 3-0 with Korea. I imagine we're playing Germany. We're playing, you know, England. We're playing Italy. I don't want to imagine because yeah. it would be a monumental disaster. And that's the truth. And no one can sit here telling me I'm wrong. No one. But it is what it is. It is what it is. And um, the question is, where do we go now? Where do we go now? I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking that like, and this is not me putting words in the player's mouth. This is just my thoughts. Okay. This is not from Zidane or from Ali or from Emery or from Mahmoud or any of France or whatever. Imagine right now, you, I'm, well, I'm running a nice shirt. Imagine I'm Zidane Akhbar right now. And I've flown from Manchester through a 25 plus hour journey to get to Iran and from there to get to Lebanon to play, what was it, 10 minutes in the first game and then maybe 12 minutes in the second game. How would I? It wasn't even 10 in the first. Yeah, how would I feel? Yeah. How would Zidane Iqbal feel right now? This is one of the most promising talents that England, Pakistan, and Iraq are fighting over because they all want him to represent them. Halil Hamadi. Halil Hamadi. Yeah, he's not played in a while, and I'll get onto that, and I'll, I'll discuss what's happened with him re uh, recently uh, and why he's not featured because a lot of people have been messaging me, and I, I can't say stuff that I know. But... Some of the things that have been said about Ali, Allah, ludicrous. Oh, he went to um, he went to uh, Wickham and they saw that he's not good enough. That's not why he's playing. Be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. But uh, these comments that I see and these messages that come to me, Allah, ridiculous. Okay, ridiculous. People making stuff up. Just like how before the Lubnan game, they made up stuff about um, uh, Zidane and Ali and Franz that are gonna, they're going to be missing because they're, they're sick. They make stuff up. Is what I'm trying to get. Generates clicks. Yeah, it generates clicks. It generates people. People get angry and they start commenting and they start sharing. Oh, uh, I hope this is not true or whatever. People, uh, pages thrive on this negativity. And my aim, Wallahi, with my page, is that I want to break this disgusting habit of the Iraqi media just exploiting the fans and their emotions. It's disgraceful. And we're getting there. Alhamdulillah, got it. Like, thanks to you guys. 20,000 followers we've just hit on, on, uh, on Instagram. 7,000 followers we're nearly going to hit on, on Twitter. A couple of thousands on, on Facebook. Um, we're, we're nearly at 30,000 followers. And uh, we're going to continue to grow, hopefully, to, to have an impact and fight a war against all of these pages that work against the Iraqi national team and not for it. And against the Iraqi fans and not for it. But I digress. Thank you, by the way. Sorry, just, yeah. Thank you so much to every single one of you, to anyone that contributes to our page. I can't tell you guys how much it means to me. And uh, myself, Hassan, we put all our time and effort into this. We don't make any money. In fact, we spend money buying equipment, dedicating our time to this, to editing and all that sort of stuff. We do it because we, we just want to see Iraq win. That's all it is. We want to see Iraq win so the Iraqi fans have something to smile about because <laughs> we have nothing else going for us. And this is, this is why we do it. Nothing else. But... <laughs> Anyway, let's go back to the matter. How does Ali feel right now? How does Zidane Akbar feel right now? Zidane Akbar, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, he can still change his mind about playing for Araf, right? I think it's you play three games before you cannot change. And then there needs to be a gap between you yeah. know, the first, uh, the last uh, match that you've played and how does he is, feel? There's, does a, there's an right opening. Now, how does Zizou feel? Uh, coming back, he's gonna, he's gonna fly back to Manchester having played 25 or so minutes. Lebanon, Lebanon to play against Lebanon is harder to play than uh, the, the Premier League under-23s. Wallah, the under-23s are much better. Wallah, it's much better at, in terms of quality and fitness and tactical. So why are you not starting him against, against Lebanon? What, what are you worried about Petrovic? We talked about, okay, the squad selection is fine, fine. Certain things meant you had to um, play specific uh, players in, in terms of the squad selection because you had expats missing and all sorts. Okay, it's not your, not your fault. Why is Emir not starting, Petrovic? You're playing Lubnan. You need a win. Why are you playing Sajjad Jasim, Saad Abdul Amir, um, Muhammad Abboud, three defensive players in midfield? 
How are you going to get goals? How are you going to generate any real chances? This is Lubnan we're talking about. You set up like that when you're playing Brazil. Why are we giving such unnecessary respect to minnows of Asian football? And I say this kind of ironically, given who we are now. Also minnows. We're a joke. We're a joke. And we need desperate, desperate intervention in order to, to fix all the problems that Iraqi football is facing. Because, I don't know, Hassan, you tell me, man, where do we go from here? Where do we go? Where do we yeah. start? Like, before even saying that, let's start, like, you know, this, like the current present situation, like it really feels like it's the effect of, like we had multiple FAs that did no work whatsoever. We, we coasted heavily on uh, the, the remaining members of like the 2007 generation. Yunus Mahmoud was playing up until he was like 40, 41 years old, just carrying us a little bit. And, and we then, did and nothing, no zero development. The, the, and yeah. then the, the Hakim Shakir era of 2013, just yeah. carried on. We, we got lucky with, with a few players, like Ali Adnan came out, Mohamed Ali came out. Safa Hadi had a good period. Bashar Rasen came out. But we got lucky with some of them because the rest of the players are not really on that level at all. And we coasted. And the uh, the, the FA was just comically corrupt, uh, you know, throughout those years. And zero work was done uh, developing the Iraqi League, developing players, creating academies, you know, moving players up through the ranks. Yeah. None of that existed. And we're seeing the effects today where we have basically no players like coming in from the local leagues who are ready for this level who can play at this level maybe tactic maybe technically you know you know on the ball they're good enough but tactically they're just out of their depth uh when they play against these national teams when you see us playing against us just a moderately organized team we fall apart completely can i just and, add as well Hassan? it's you mentioned technically yeah most of them are all right all right none of them are good maybe one or two yeah tactically uh, technically is very gifted um, I'd argue Ala Abbas technically quite good. Tactically, yeah. they're abysmal. But you know what? Also, like people keep overlooking the athleticism of some of these players is unforgivable. In terms of uh, fitness and uh, muscle mass and strength, is is so bad. It's a joke. It's a joke. The joke. joke that these guys are playing international football. Honestly. Yeah. Especially the money some of these guys are on, by the way. People think a lot of these players don't make real money. Man, wallah, these players make big money in the Iraqi league. There's a lot of money to be made in Iraqi football. And the disrespect that these players earn that money without really working for it, it's, um, yeah, it's unforgivable. It's unforgivable. I mean, you get this lack of ambition from the Iraqi leagues, like especially when you have these players who are trading them like, back and forth between the different uh, Baghdadi clubs. And it's like a local league, like, uh, you know, the Iraqi league is like, a, it's, like a, it's like a Sunday league uh, kind of thing where it's like everybody knows each other. They all play against each other. They're all playing like one year, one, one season I'm playing for Zawra, next season I'm playing for Joey, and next season after that I'm at Shurta. And it's just like, there's no competitiveness. There's no ambition to, to win trophies, to improve yourself, to, you know, maybe do something at the, the Asian Champions League, you know, anything. There's zero ambition at all. And it carries over the national team when you have like this, it's a horrible, you know, attitude of, of, of apathy. Like when they're, when, the, when they're losing a game, it doesn't matter. It's whatever. We're going to, we were going to lose anyways. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they, they fail in this qualifier as well. We failed every other year. So why, why is this year different? There's no, uh, there's no drive to, to do better, to, to improve yourself. And, you know, when you see a player, he's a professional player, but he can't play 45 minutes uh, without gassing himself completely. That shows that, like, he's not working out, like, you know, off the pitch. He's not doing the, you know, he's not training well. He's not, you know, and it's something that in, in, throughout the, uh, the Iraqi league, you see it where, you know, it's just a culture of, 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 of mediocrity where, you know, you don't, you don't need to improve because your place is settled. You're, 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 Call up to the national team is guaranteed. Your your position in your club is guaranteed. Uh, so why would they improve? Wallah al-Azim. And again, I don't say this because he's my mate. Wallah al-Azim. The last two games have 
just shown you how important the lights of Rabin Sulaqa are. Because without them, you look at the, the replacements and how inept they are. And you see the difference between an actual top player. When I say top, I'm not talking about like Varane and Sergio Ramos. I'm talking about on an Asian, uh, Asian level. Rabin's very, very good. Then you compare him to some of the other players, the defensive players we have in, in the current squad. And you see, especially now when Rabin's not there, just how much he brings to the table in terms of positioning, in terms of calmness, in terms of aerial defensive duties, in terms of intercepting uh, passes that go through the middle. He takes care of all of that. And it makes you appreciate how good he is as a footballer. But the irony is that when I posted it in defense of him, some of the comments, especially from other big accounts, by the way, not just on my page, but they were sharing this as well, saying, why are you defending Rabin Sulaqa? You guys have given him uh, more respect than he deserves without Araqi or nobody, etc., etc." You want to know where the problem is? Believe me, it's not Rabin Sulaqa. Rabin Sulaqa, you go on his Instagram, how much is it? 78,000, something like this? Maybe 150, I don't know. Go to the local players. Go look at their Instagrams. 1 million. 500,000. Average, average players, 200,050. Like, I'm talking some of the Olympic team players. Stupid numbers. You know whose fault that is? Wallah, us as the fans. We're the ones that give them too much respect when they don't reserve, when they don't deserve it. They've done nothing to get all that publicity. They've done nothing to prove themselves to the fans to show that they're good enough to receive all this love and admiration and adoration. Okay? We give it to them. We give it to them and we're stupid to do this. And I include myself in this. When you go on Instagram and I see, I don't want to mention names, but random player, 400,000 followers. The problem is we are Iraqis, we love so football so much, so much. So we want to we support the players, we want to respect them, we want to follow the news, we want to know what they're up to. But what happens to them? They get a bit too big for their boots, their nose gets stuck up. They start looking down at the national team. They start thinking they deserve to be in the, in the team regardless of how they train, how, how they perform, um, what, what form they're in for their club, for their national team, etc. They see it as a God-given right. And we as fans, we need to call them out of this more than ever before. Now I say, do it respectively. Uh, respectively. Don't sit there swearing in their comment section, etc. Don't let that be how we respond. No. It's not going to solve anything. But we need to hold these players accountable. You wear that Araq shirt that comes with a responsibility. That comes with a big responsibility. 40 million Araq is just an Araq. Think about how many millions outside. We can't even count them. Maybe, maybe 60 million. Who knows? Who knows? We need, we need so much work, Hassan. Wallah, the whole system needs to be just torn down, rebuilt from scratch. And the I mean, the system is, barely even exists. Yeah, the, truth is, the truth is, I can't see it happening. Like, we talk about, like, Wallah, not just me, all the expat players, by the way, all of them want a team of expat and local players. Not a single one of these expat players have ever told me, Hassan, do you know what? Hopefully they get rid of all the local players and it's going to be just expats. The irony, of course, is that local players do say this stuff, except it's the opposite. They don't want any expats. Mm -hmm. They want just local players. The expat players, no. Do you know why? Because they're confident in their own abilities. They're not, they're not terrified of comp uh, competitors or competition or uh, like a struggle for their place. They want to work for it. They're the ones that say, oh, man, I wish we had more local players that can compete and help us challenge for the World Cup yeah. and the Asian Cup. Yeah. And that's what we need. Like that's you what can't, we need, but we don't have it. You need you need a mix. You need a good mix, and yeah, you know we we like you look at uh, you know Algeria for example. They made a team of like pretty much entirely local players. Their local players are at a good enough level. They won the Arab Cup like like nothing, yeah. and and then when when you go to the African Cup, then they can mix everybody up together, and then you know actually compete. The, the season was so great for them, but uh, you know typically. 
that's that's how you want your national team where you can have a base of players you know from your local league and then you can add into them from you know from from your expats from you know around the world whoever is good enough and then you can have a, a solid base of talent and you add on to them you don't want, we haven't been producing any team made up of just expats you don't want a team made up of players that are all based abroad that you really have no control over on how they're developing or uh, whether they're actually making it through the ranks etc you want to have a combination we want the local players to do well but everything needs to change everything right now the league is a joke the league is a joke and i don't know how any arabic fan sits here watching this stuff and actually they come to me and like in with all confidence tell me oh did you see Ayman Hassan he's, he's banging in in um, in the Harapi league or Ahmed Qasim he's so good in the Harapi league what does that mean it's not football it's not football and until we get a reality check with this nothing's going to change and I respect Bashar not because people think he's related to me which he isn't but I respect him because he came out and said that Iraqi League just doesn't produce players that have the fitness and durability that can compete at an international level. And he said it during the Arab Cup. And it's true. It's true. So here we are. Here we are in an absolute joke state where um, I'm not even sure what to say. I'm not even sure what to say. Wallah I'm so angry, bro. I'm so angry, Hassan. And I, I want to blame someone, but there's so many people at fault here. You want to blame, blame... Yeah, it's a combination of, you know, inaction over decades. You wanna, and we're seeing the results today. You so. want to blame Petrovic for his tactical ineptitude or playing three defensive midfielders? Blame him. Okay. You want to put uh, him at fault for not playing Zidane for more minutes than Al-Hamadi? Okay, he's an idiot. No problem. What about Advocate? Advocate came in and he was stupid enough to fight all the expats from the get-go and we, we could have had a much better start to this campaign. But he didn't want to because he listened to that donkey, Rahim Hamid and uh, Basil Gorghis. He listened to them and this is the consequence of, of, uh, of what happened. Before that, <sighs> Katanich. And where do we start with Katanich? What, what more can we add to this absolute moron of a, of a coach? who I fully, fully blame for the shambles we are in right now because he, he started the war against the expats. Say what you want about Advocate and, uh, and Petrovic, but at least they tried creating change. Maybe not using expats, but they tried to bring in some, some fresh blood. We've seen some good players come through the ranks. The likes of Qutiyya, the likes of um, Manaf, I think Hassan's all right player as a defensor. Uh, defender, uh, you have, for example, um, who else has impressed me? Muhammad Dawood. Abud is pretty decent. Huh? Abud. But oh, yeah, Abud. I like him. Yeah, I just said yeah. yeah Abud, I think he's all right. He reminds yeah. me a little bit like Carrick. He doesn't do the fancy stuff, but he keeps the ball ticking. Um, but you need players around him. See, it's like it's like playing at, um, like Carrick, Hargreaves, and. Who's you know, another defensive midfielder we had at the time? It doesn't make sense. You need to have one player like our board holding the, the, the defensive line, and then you have two other players that complement him. It should have been our board Zidane Amir, for example. Think about how much better that midfield looks now with him there. That's what makes no, no difference because we had, uh, like, uh, what was our midfield against Iran, where it was like Amir Ammari uh, starting, Bashar Rasen started. But we had, again, uh, again, you have a double pivot of Saad Abdul Amir and you have um, uh, Abud. No one, yeah. no one's going to recycle the ball the right way in that team. Abud, he, he doesn't, he plays defensively. He's, he's going to play it safe, and he needs that's his job. Saad Abdul Amir, I think he's 34, 35 now. Something like that. Yeah, his legs are not going to be able to allow him to get up and down the pitch. To to um help create chances if you're going to put a double pivot two central midfielders that are holding one of them needs to be able to push up first of all and support the attack when we have the ball number two the rest of the players in front of him need to be quick and agile in order to actually play off one another because 
you're going to be playing on the counterattack, and that's what we needed to do against Iran. That's where you need the likes of Ali al-Hamadi. He came in 10 minutes. How many times did he pick up the ball and just boom, straight down the wing, trying to create something? Ahmed Farhan doesn't do that. God knows Humam Barak doesn't do that. that. That's the difference in quality, though. That's someone who understands what to do when on a pitch. We talk about tactics. This is what tactics mean. A player who knows what to do at the right time and where to go on the pitch, how to play the right pass, etc. And the local players generally don't know how to do that properly. For, tactically, we've been all over the place. Katinich is still a huge, huge uh, responsibility. Uh, there's a huge responsibility on his shoulders for all the rubbish we've seen over the recent couple of months. Yeah, and people are going to say, like, about Katinich, oh, he had his, uh, his stretch of games with where he's unbeaten, but they don't talk about how we spent how many years with him and not a single new player came up. 100%. It's basically the same guys over and over and over and over. And once they're all finished, we're in this position where there's no replacements. And even if you want to bring in the expats, they need time to, to settle in. And you're, you're in this impossible situation that we're seeing right now. Yeah. So with Katanich, my problem is not just he didn't even bring the expats. He didn't bring in anyone. No one. He didn't bring in anyone from the Arafi League. He had the same 15 or so players. He'd bring in new players into the squad. They wouldn't get a single minute. Even in the friendlies, they wouldn't play. He'd play the exact same players every single time. And he has his two or three substitutes that he trusts. And he'd bring them on when he needs them. But this is the result of it. You have to make wholesale changes like Advocate and Petrovic have done in a matter of one year when these changes should have been happening over four years, five years. So these players have time to gain experience. They have time to gel. They have time to understand each other's movement, understand each other's uh, style of playing. But it's too little too late. I remember um, uh, a couple of years ago, one of the Iraqi players, the experts, made his debut for Araf, and I was so excited for this guy. Amazing talent. You can probably guess who it is, to be fair. But I told him, how did you find it? Like, do you think we can make it to the World Cup if we bring in all the expats? He said, bro, we can bring in all the expats. But this needs to be done in a way where it's progressive. It takes time. You need to do it in stages. You can't just bring them all at once and then everything's going to be fixed. No, it doesn't work like that. Even this, this last set of games, we could have brought in Soma, we could have brought in Yasef Qasim, we could have brought in Cardo and um, other players. But it takes time. You have to bring in the players in the right way. Not dash them all in and then say Bismillah and then see what happens, which is what they're trying to do. It doesn't work like that. These are human beings. These are footballers that are coming in from different parts of the world. You have the likes of Ali who's grown up playing in Wales. You have uh, Zidane growing up playing in um, Manchester. You have players growing up in Stockholm and Sweden. Then you have France and Denmark. Then you have, for example, Osama um, Rashid in Holland. These players that are developing all across the world, different styles of play, different mentality. You can't just bring them all together and hope that it's going to work. Not like that. They need time. This goes back to the previous FA and that clown Katanich who didn't make any changes. He didn't do anything to support the Iraqi national team. People can talk all they want about that stupid joke, 19 match unbeaten run. Doesn't mean anything in my book. Doesn't mean anything at all. It's meaningless. Do you think that is important? You don't, you don't understand football. You don't understand the significance of how badly this guy messed up the Iraqi national team. But then again, football's not for everyone. <laughs> it's harsh, but it's true. It's harsh. Everyone has an opinion. Yeah? Everyone's entitled to have an opinion. But doesn't mean everyone's right. That might be something arrogant there. But it is what it is. I don't want to say any, any so, more. Well, I don't want to say any more. Because if I start talking about <laughs> this topic, I get in a bit of trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, throw away the key. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Hassan? Yeah, I mean, 
we have our work cut out for us. Like for this FA, Adnan Darjal, he has all, he's, he's talked a lot, but yani, well, let's see some action because this Iraqi league needs complete overhaul. And, you know, I think one, like this is something that doesn't get talked about much, but I think it's something that's like kind of important because a lot of these Iraqi league clubs, like the, the, the system that we have there, where it's like a, these Iraqi pl- clubs are like, they're funded pretty much by the government, basically. Like there's no incentive for you to develop the club, to build players, to sell them off to, you know, there's no, there's no reason to do that because you get, you get, you get your salary any, uh, you know, anyways, you're getting money anyways, who cares? There's some like the, the, just, that's just one example, but like the whole system of the Iraqi league where there's no incentive to grow. There's no incentive to develop players. It needs to change. And we're, we're not going to see anything because even, even when we look in the past, like of, of all the players, like, you know, that brought up, it was carried by one man, Amu Baba. That's it. Even the, 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 the recent players that we had, uh, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali and, uh, and Ali Adnan, who came up, that was from his academy. So, like, it's literally one man who was carrying up the development of, of, of all of Iraqi football. And that's not going to not, not happen, you know, forever. You're not going to constantly pull out, you know, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali's and, and, and Ali Adnan's and uh, new, uh, you know, Saad Abdelhamid's, whatever. They're not going to come out of the national, out of the, the Iraqi league just naturally, just out of nowhere with no work put in. Yeah. We, we need a complete overhaul of like how we look at youth development and how, you know, these clubs develop because the clubs have an important, you know, a, a, an important role. It's like the main role because, you know, you're going to bring a player to the, to the, to the national team. What's the, what's the national team coach going to do? He's going to see the players maybe at most, if he has a training cap at most, like maybe a month, that's not going to, you know, about? that's not going to do anything. Get a month. That's if he has a training cap, I mean, yeah. but if he has a game, it's like, it's like a few games, a few days, oh, five days. As, yeah, it's nothing. And the player's development is with his club. If the club is developing in Rome, what's the national team coach going to do? You know, you brought in uh, 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 at the beginning when you say, okay, we brought a, a major coach. What is he going to do? He's going to change these players, like their, their, their development from when they were like 12 years old? Yeah. It's impossible. That's not going to happen. So the clubs are the, 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 the root of, of, of a lot of these problems where they don't develop anything. And, you know, even when a player wants to move on from the Arafi League, they fight him tooth and nail to, to like, we, we saw the, 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 the case with uh, Mohamed Ali when you had, you know, major clubs, Juventus, Manchester City, like they're coming in for him, not even uh, a response to these offers. Yeah. Like these players, there's, there's no pathway out of the Arafi League that's like, you know, easy. And there's no pathway to develop within the Arafi League. So these players are like, you know, if you're stuck in this like in this limbo you a lot of these players they just get fed up they go into the 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 Khaliji leagues iran maybe and that's not you're not going to develop well there uh like there needs to be a pathway you need to you look yeah you need to have like like i think the best step forward is have the iraqi league as a as some as, as a as a system where you can develop players and ship them off into europe then they can get like you know more and more uh you know experience you see that in in, in for example uh the 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 what is it the japanese league the korean league where these players are these leagues are constantly producing players that go off to play in germany they're playing off in you know in in european leagues and constantly and they're producing like great players all the time that's where i would hope like you know in the next like decades it's not going to happen immediately obviously but it's like like the, the work needs to be done where we can kind of move into that direction in the next like you know 20 20 years maybe something like that as a long, long-term goal where you can constantly, where you can rely on these players to come up because you're not going to have like, uh, you know, a Zidane Iqbal is not going to happen every single time. Um, Ali Hamadi is not going to happen every single time. You're not going to find them all the time. You, you need a consistent, you know, uh, revolving door of players coming up from your own local league that you can, that, that, that's, that's consistent and can provide competition as well because you don't want to have a player coming in from, you know, from, from England, from Germany, whatever, wherever he is, and there's no competition in the national team because that's also bad because we need to have like, you know, healthy competition within the squad. So like the entire system from the base of it is just, you know, it's, it's just completely wrong, completely rotten, completely wrong. And, and, and there's a ton of work, a ton of work to be, to be done. If we're even going to see it, uh, like if we can hope even for, for the next qualifiers, we're going to be expanded for like what, 42, 46 uh, teams for the next world cup. Even that is a kind of a long shot as we are, because like, how many games has it been? Not a single win. Yeah. And and we have a, a ton of work to do between now and then. Yeah. So you know, 
there are some positive points like that that we see in the national team. Like it's amazing to see Zidane, uh, you know, make his debut and, and to see him wearing the Iraqi shirt. Amazing to see Ali Hamadi, Hassan Abdel Karim. He's you know he's a he's a really nice talent. He was our best player in my opinion today uh, in this game. Yeah. Uh, like there are some talents, but like that's not that's not enough to carry you. Like maybe it'll win you a game or two. Like maybe you make a uh, you know if if all the stars align, maybe you'll make a run in the Asian Cup. Uh, but like for World Cup qualifiers, you need a long-term planning, and we've been saying this every single uh, you know qualifying campaign. Like 2014, same thing. 20, uh, 2010 World Cup, same thing. Look, it's always the same words that are said, but uh, action doesn't get taken. So, and that's the thing. Like with, with, like with so many problems in uh, in Iraq, where it's like you know that like every, the the system is rotten, but the action doesn't get taken for whatever reason. And then, and, and we're just stuck in this, uh, in this, uh, this loop yeah. where we sit here, we complain about, uh, you know, all these problems that we have, that we know we have, that everybody knows we have their, 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 it's like at this point, like, if you don't know, like you, you're not following the national team at all. Anybody who even, you know, watches a the game, they know that like, you know, what's going on, that, uh, that we have these, you know, deep problems, but nobody does anything about it. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to, constantly suffer the same way over and over and over if if we if we continue like this 100% agree unfortunately um you look at some of the the um the younger lot though you, again you're seeing some good talents ahmed sartib for example uh, Muntadar looks all right Muntadar muhammad he looks all right but then you have some players that blend you have like Narkas. um you have players like Alexander Aura, Cardo coming in, maybe Jami. You have Ali Haidar in, um, in Stoke if he ends up playing for Araf. You have another Ali in Blackburn. Um, there are players there. But again, like you can't rely on these one-off players to kind of save your national team. These are kids and their, their careers might not go the way you want it to, uh, they want it to, etc. Like, there's and a ton again, of variables. Then again, then again, we have all these, all the players as well in um, in Sweden that I really believe we are going to see with the Iraqi national team eventually. But so if you turn to, for example, um, <coughs> if you turn to the likes of Eamon um, Shar, if you like uh, turn to the likes of Amin uh, al you tell them, I can't play for Iraq. You need to have results there to show them actually there's a it's worth coming to play for Iraq that you should come to play for Iraq because you'll win games or you'll do this or you'll do that. Would they want to come to a team that can't win one game in a World Cup qualifying campaign? I don't know. I don't know. It's quite sad, really, if if you think about it. Like given the talents that we have, how poor we are, given who we have available, how little we actually utilize. These, these amazing talents. So much work to do on, on a, an expat basis where we're trying to convince these players to play for Iraq or whether it's the local players that just can't produce any good local players because the whole system's entirely destroyed and it's a shambles. So many problems. But yeah, I don't think this is something we can discuss in any more depth without, um, without going overboard. So, we have two final games coming up, yes? Araf Surya and Araf Imarat. Imarat, yeah. Yeah. Mathematically, we're not out, but we need results to go away. And yeah, it's, it's yeah I think if, uh, if Iran doesn't beat uh, Imarat today, uh, I think they're playing right now as we're recording. So, we don't know the score yet. But uh, if, uh, if Iran fails to beat them, then I think it's guaranteed out. Yeah. Let's see, maybe Iran can do us a favor. But it's a pity that it's come to this point where we're having to pray and hope that things go in our favor. But for me... For a chance at third. Yeah. For me, this was gone a long time ago. It was gone before it even started. It was gone when we stuck with Katanich after a bunch of horrendous performances. It's the hope that kills you. You really have to wonder how different this whole year would have been for Iraqi football if we had Carlos Queiroz as manager. Just look at Egypt now, man. Um, he's completely transformed the whole country because he, 
you have a manager that understands football, that understands tactics, that understands how to talk to players, that was always Advocate's biggest issue, and Petrovic as well, is, is, is man management. So, and tactically. Even, like, if you were, like, in my opinion, like, if, say we brought girls, like, is he going to make that big of a difference? And, uh, like, yes, we had a lot of problems with game management with our coaches. One, one match, that'll, that'll be a start. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, like, what's the difference between finishing, you know, you know, even in our situation, like, finishing between fourth and fifth, or sixth, or, um, yeah, like, it's the same thing in the end. Like, you, you're not going to, you're not going to get much out of Iran, like, if you can, like uh, with these players, I'm uh, not gonna, you know, maybe you'll make a win if you're lucky uh, with a better coach and, you know, perfect situations. Against Korea, probably it's the same thing. You're not gonna get top two. Third place is a long shot because you're gonna face either Saudi or you're gonna face Japan or Australia, one of those three. Uh, looking most likely it could be even Japan or Australia. And then after that, you got the South American team. It's a heavy, heavy long shot. Like, it's not going to, like, yeah. you could put whatever coach, in my opinion, these players, like, that's the one thing that's like, I have a hard time even, like, you know, criticizing them too much because, like, what, can, what are you going to expect more from them? Like, he's playing at his level. That's like, like, you know, you say Eamon Hassan, you know, you're playing a, a lot of people, they're playing a lot, of, piling a lot of, you know, criticism against him. It's like, this is his level. You know, is he going to play better? Not really. He can't. He just can't. He like this. He you know you can't expect anything from him. So why you why why you like if he was a player that like you can tell he's not he's 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 underperforming. He's not focused. You know he's not you know taking it seriously. Then sure because you know you know that there's more that can come out of him. Like a lot of these players like this is this is what they can give and you know it's a shame but this is the reality that we have. Like you can put whoever whoever in charge, put Klopp in charge, put you know whatever. It's this is like. He's not going to make them superstars. Like you, it's not like you know. It is what it is, and you know, even like uh, we said this already. Like you're going to bring in the expats, but they need time. They need a you know an environment. They need you know games together, and and that's difficult because you know they're not their clubs are not all going to release them at the same time. Their clubs are not, like it's tough to get them all at at the same time for for a training camp. So it's not something you can depend on. Yeah, we need look. We said this already. Like a we need players from our local league to be at that level that we can depend on them as the, the, the basis of the national team. And then you can add on to them, you know, what the best of, 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 you, uh, of the expats that you, that uh, we're getting talents from there. And so you can add them on, but okay. the, if the basis is not there, then you know, you're not going to achieve anything. Petrovic in or out? Out 100%. Okay. Uh, I was mixed uh, before the Arab cup because like, the, because when, when, uh, when advocate left, I was just like, you know, because we need the next coach to be, you know, we need to get that decision right. Yeah. So there was no time between then and the out of cup. So I'm like, give him the out of cup. But after the out of cup, like it was time to, to, to change coaches. So I'm shocked that we let him go until the, you know, these games. Yeah. Absolutely. He has to be out. We absolutely need a coach, not a big name necessarily. We need somebody who will develop, will, will grow with the national team. Like look at Qatar, uh, uh, Felix Sanchez, their coach right now, he's not a major name, but he built a team that could win the Asian Cup, that can compete in Copa America, that uh, finished uh, semifinals in uh, the North American Cup, Gold Cup, uh, uh, recently. A team that will play at the World Cup, and they won't embarrass themselves. Like, uh, I'll tell you that from now. This is not a big name. So yeah. there are coaches like of that kind of you know level where it's like you know he who who. Their goal, their 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 experience is developing teams to 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 build something. Felix Sanchez came out of uh, uh, the Barcelona academy, I believe. You know, these kind of coaches who are not, you know, they're going to use you as like you know uh, as a stopgap or just you know a quick check, uh, something like that. You need somebody who is here for you know the long term. You know, the next you know three to five years to build you a generation, and because we have a ton of you know really young players who are at a vital stage. The national team, you know, Zidane Akbar, Al Hamadia, all these names that we just mentioned already, and and as well, look at the U23 is full of these players. We need a, a pathway to 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 move them up through these ranks and build a team that can compete for 2026 qualification because that's before that should that, have been the goal right away. Of the uh, Asian Cup 2023, right? Asian Cup, yeah, that's coming up uh, uh, very soon. So, like. We we need we need uh, like somebody who can start building from now uh, to 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 make these players, 
you know, comfortable in the national team so that they can actually perform. Because you know, you're going to bring in Osama Rashid, for example. Like that's uh, that's something that happened a lot, uh, you know, back in the uh, you know last uh, several years, where you bring him in, and he's not the kind of player who's going to you know completely change the the the, the team with like a 15 minute cameo in a in a friendly. Yeah. These are players like they're talented players who need time to you know in a in a in a in a system so that they can show their skill. Yeah. If you don't give them that, they're not going to show anything. So, and that goes for any player, whether they're local or or you know, or or, or expat, you need uh, a solid basis of a national team. So that's what we we should be looking at. Petrovic is not that guy. He he's making like the same you know ridiculous uh, game management. Uh, uh, decisions that we saw the same thing as uh, as with uh, with advocate where it's like you're like just as a quick example like this in this game you're you're chasing you're you're chasing a goal you're hopefully you're, you need a goal in this match 88th minute you're subbing your center backs yeah. 80th minute you're subbing your fullbacks <laughs> like yeah. these are these comical decisions we we need a coach who who is good in game management who knows how to like use these the players who's available but also has a long-term vision a long-term Attachment to the uh, to to the national team, where he's going to, like where we have an end goal, where we want to qualify for 2026. We want to have a decent showing at uh, the, the 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 coming Asian Cup. So, st- like a coach who can be with us step by step, who knows how to deal with the players that we have available, who knows how to make a welcoming environment. Uh, when we had just uh, just Miramar uh, on, that was a major thing where the the national team environment right now is. Kind of chaotic where you have these cliques and you know these players who, who don't associate with others and then the locals are you know like there's kind of like a uh you know cold war between these players we need a, a welcome environment in the national team we need a comfortable environment so that we can get the best out of all of these players so that's that's what we need uh desperately for for, for our next coach and that ne- next uh the decision for the next coach is something that's absolutely vital because it's going to show it's it's gonna define a lot of what we're gonna see from the national team uh, in the next in the near future, in my opinion. I, I really really hope we don't commit to to Petrovic. I think his uh, his contract. I'm not sure how when when that's gonna be running out, but uh, uh, we 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 just can't continue with him. Uh, it's it's not it's not a pathway forward. We're just gonna be running in circles uh, and doing nothing, and we're gonna be burning out these players uh, that we're bringing in. All the the any any talented player, any talented young player. You're just gonna waste him. You're gonna you're gonna burn him out with the national team. You're gonna have guys like uh, you know Zidane, for example. I, I keep using example, but he's like kind of like the 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 biggest example of these of these talented expert players. But you come in and you see these players, the, the, the national team, where it's going in circles. Why why am I why am I going through all this effort? Where where you know the a lot of the fans they have no idea like how how, how difficult it is, how, how much sacrifice that they're making. So you're coming into this national team, and you're running in circles, and it's you know you're it's a floundering national team. Why am I going through all of this? So we need we need a, a you know we need to build something moving forward. Like you know, there's a ton of examples of other national teams that, that are that are making these progress that we that we need to be make uh, we need to be making as well. So yeah, uh, like as I said, like this next coach, absolutely vital decision that. But it needs to be, uh, you know, we need to make it right. Aslan, I think we've said everything we need to say. Um, if the fans want to contact you on social media, where can they find you? Yeah, primarily Twitter, uh, Hassan O underscore eleven ninety three. Yeah. And guys, if you want to contact me, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Iraq Football Pod. Okay. Uh, please, we want to hear from you guys. Thank you for the continued support. We want to hear um, from you on your thoughts on uh, Petrovic, where we go next, what you made of the today's uh, or the last couple of results and the qualification campaign in general. So don't forget to tweet us, leave us comments, Instagram uh, messages, et cetera, et cetera. We do this for you and um, we want to know what your thoughts are on all of these matters. So... Thank you to everyone who's been in contact with us as well. It is very difficult to reply to everyone, but we do appreciate everything that you guys do for us and for our page. Um, we'll be back very, very soon. Um, I'm not sure when our next match is, uh, but it will probably be within a month or two. And we will be there covering everything as we always do. So take care from me. Thank you so much. And one last time, at least in this qualification campaign, Yalla Iraq.
Oh!